This is the Amner Martinez Podcast. Welcome to the Amner Martinez Podcast. My name is Amner Martinez, and I will be your host. I am an immigrant from the country of Guatemala, and I've been living in Iowa since 1995. My professional background is in the staffing and recruiting industry, and I have been heavily involved in the local entertainment scene for the last 12 years. In this podcast, I will be sharing conversations with local people in entertainment, business, sports, nonprofits, food, arts, and culture. So stick around for some great conversations. Episode, <laughs> episode number ten. That's kind of that's kind of like a birthday. It's a it's like it's a, a milestone. Milestone. Okay. That's what they, I was gonna say tombstone, <laughs> but no, that's not a tombstone. Yeah. It's a milestone. So episode ten. Yeah, I thought we were we would be like done by episode three. <laughs> you're, I was like, you're all right, so that was that was cool. That, that was, was a cool, cool. experience. <laughs> now we're done. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but that's the beauty about things. Like you gotta stick with it, keep doing it, and it grows and it grows into you know. So, anyways, episode ten. So share this podcast, tell people about it, give us some feedback, um, or whatever. Or but yeah, or don't. Or don't. <laughs> <laughs> but for this episode number 10, I think it's kind of a treat. So I, uh, in the circles that, you know, that we both run in the local entertainment scene, you mm -hmm. get to know people, cool people, you know, people yeah. that make shit happen. So this time, Amedeo Rossi, one of the architects of 8035 Music Festival that happens here, has been going on for 12 years. I think this is their 12th year. Um, He's an Italian man, very attached to his Italian roots. Uh, his, uh, uh, we talked about his Italian heritage. So we talked about uh, the hardships of migration and the efforts to integrate as immigrants. I mean, man, these conversations are getting really good. Yeah, and uh, they're, they're all relatable, Yeah, especially to, to us. Yeah. But and also it's nice to see it like in other people. Right. You know, because like we... We tend to only like be familiar with our own experience, right? You know, as Latinos, but mm -hmm. then you know, other people from other places, right? You know, have the a similar experience. Which you. you know, um, I think he's like second generation American. In a way, you know, that whole thing like we're all immigrants. I know it's kind of becoming tacky to say it, but technically, we are right. all immigrants. Yeah. And and I think that the more conversations I have with people, I think it's because I'm an immigrant, uh, like a recent one, it, the conversation comes uh, comes about. Because I know that there's a lot of, I mean, he's a very proud Italian uh, uh, of his heritage. He's part of the Italian society here. And in Des Moines, we talk about that too. You know, but I know um, guys that uh, have Irish blood and they're really, you know, they're really proud of their Irishness or whatever. You know, that's as far as it goes. So I think with these conversations, like I think we're I digging deeper. Going. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a different uh, wave of immigrants. You know, from a different uh, generation. Right. So, um, it's good that people still remember. You know, the the struggles of their, 
you know, the people that came before them. Yeah. Um, because I see, I see it nowadays, you know, with children, a lot of children that, you know, are the, the just the first generation Americans. And already, boom, you know, they don't know the, yeah. the struggle already. You know, mm-hmm. they totally forgot. Yeah. And so they're full-blown Americans, which is, you know, perfectly fine. But there's something to be said about people that forget, you know, completely what mm-hmm. what what their, you know, the people before them, their parents or grandparents, you know, sacrificed to mm-hmm. make it over here. Yeah. Yeah, because Amadeo's parents or grandfather came here in like 1912 or something. We talk mm-hmm. about that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... um his parents like around the 30s or something so but you know he could easily just be like yeah i'm an american you know but right. he still holds on to that connection you know uh, deeply and we dive deep into that uh into um uh you know the traditions that we left behind and what our duties are to like mm-hmm. keep some of those um um anyway so we talked about a lot about but then and then we got into like the uh, eighty like not eighty thirty five, but how it started. Mm-hmm. So we talked about. I mean, if, if if you like music festivals and if you're in the local scene, he tells us like almost chronologically how it all kind of unfolded. So mm-hmm. the the ins and outs and who did what and what you know how it kind of came about of eighty thirty five. I think because it's episode ten and eighty thirty five is just around the corner. Yeah, I think pretty it's pretty cool. It's a, it's the right time. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. The right yeah. time to, to yeah, have this Yeah, and he was, out. and you know, uh, he left the the festival last year, uh, and uh, some people were like surprised, I guess. I think, um, so I was curious, so I asked him, you know, why did you leave? And and we talked about, you know, uh, the reasons behind him leaving and where he is in the festival. Or, um, so yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty interesting. Um. I mean, we talked about a lot, a bunch of stuff. So, um, check this episode out. It's episode ten, uh, episode ten of the Emner Martinez podcast with Amadeo Rossi. So, um, Amadeo Rossi, Rossi or Rossi? Amadeo Rossi. We say Rossi, Rossi here, but Rossi. Rossi. Rossi is yeah. Italian, right? Yeah. There's a big Italian community in uh, in Des Moines, South Side, or is it just? Yeah, is there a particular area. Um, there, there are basically two Italian communities. Um, okay. One is kind of a, a city, Italian. You know, Saint Anthony's, the okay. southeast bottoms. A lot of them they came from the Boot, Calabria, that sort of area. Okay. And they own a lot of the the restaurants and and that sort of thing. And then there was a group that came from our area in the north just north of Tuscany in Emilia Romagna. Okay. That uh that uh came here and worked in the coal mines. My great grandfather came here in nineteen twelve. Here to Iowa? To Iowa. Iowa, okay. They they went to they actually went to they originally st- went straight to California and were doing like timbering work, um okay. trees. And they heard about these great mines that are warm all winter long. Yeah. And uh, sucked up uh, coal dust, you know, for the whole lives. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So your family's been in Iowa or in Des Moines? Yeah, there. since the before the World War. Okay. The first one. So yeah. how? Um. So you've you've born raised here? Yeah. So what happened is my grandfather, <clears throat> my grandfather, uh, great grandfather, he came over here, Alfredo. He uh, went back and forth to Italy a few times, uh, long okay. long boat rides, and yeah. then uh, and he had 
he had three children, and he brought two of them over to America in the okay. 30s, and the other one stayed in Italy, and that was my dad's grandmother. And okay. so my dad was born and raised and lived in Italy, and then when he got to be high school age, he came and lived with an aunt for four years and went to high school, and went to high school right over here around the corner. At where the, the, the old Dowling. Where the Y is now? Yeah. Well, the building's not there any longer. Oh, but, okay, okay, okay. But that was Dowling High School mm -hmm. before it moved to West Des Moines. So he spent four years, and then he went back to Italy, got married, had a child, and decided to come back over. And uh, I was born the following year. So they, okay. they, they, they came. My parents are immigrants, uh, but the, you know, the family came over uh, much you earlier. You go back. You go back to, I think I saw on your Instagram that you took a trip to Italy, or where, where, where were you? Well, so my parents, you know, be, as they are, you know, they're from Italy, and their their immediate families are there. So my great, I'm, we're from a small town, very, so small that uh, there was no road okay. to get to the town. <laughs> it, was, it's a, it was a mountain town. Okay. So you okay. went through, uh, you know, little, you know, passageways, yeah, 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 trails yeah. to get there. Yes. And uh, so that's where my parents grew up. And mm -hmm. so all four of my grandparents are, you know, buried in that cemetery. My aunts mm -hmm. and uncles are, I have one aunt left. I had two aunts and an uncle and they're there. Mm -hmm. And so my mom, all the houses were kind of dilapidated. You know, the, the village emptied itself out, you know, in the 50s and the mm -hmm. 60s and the 70s. And yeah. basically post-war, everybody moved to you know, Milan or, you know, the area just south of the foothills and in the industrial north. And so um, a lot of the, the, the old homes are ju were just dilapidated. But my mom had one and my cousin, the, the two of them, restored a home. And so that's been done since 2000. Okay. And since 2001, I've gone 17 of the last 18 years. Oh, or... nice. Oh, so this is a yearly thing. <laughs> yeah, okay, every year. Sweet. Every year I go back. So it, it feels like home then. Like, I mean, that's you feel like that's where you kind of are going to end up, you think? Or? I mean, uh, no, I don't. Um, no, I mean, it does feel like home in that it's uh, it's a small place that everybody recognizes you and you know yeah. that. But, you know, I'm still American. You know, I speak yeah. with uh, <laughs> I still speak with an accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I spent a lot of time there. Uh, we grew up going back every few years mm -hmm. uh, as much as my parents could afford it and time-wise yeah. afford it. And then uh, I continued. I'd studied there for a year. So I spent uh, some. I spent actually uh, a few weeks in intensive Italian, and then I took individual lessons, and then okay. I, went to the, I went to the university over there for a year, University of Bologna. Okay. Uh, which is, Bologna is uh, disputed as the oldest University. It's from the millennium. Is how long the university and some of the buildings look that old? Yeah, <laughs> from a thousand years ago. So you said you're an American, right? But do you? I mean, you seem to be very in touch with your, you know, uh, ancestors, your immigrant grandparents. Um, not everybody's like like that, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, uh, um, you know, just you know, at a young age, uh, going back, uh, I discovered you know a different culture. And, uh, of course, when you go back every few years, everybody, you know, celebrates your arrival yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. lots of meals and everybody's so excited. And, you know, when you go back more regularly, you're less, less celebrated, but, um, <laughs> you like, know, oh, you're back. I just, I mean, I went, went, 
you know, I went uh, as a family and then I went as my own kind of young adult. And then I made a commitment to myself when I was about 30. And I said, I'm going every year. This yeah. is something that I value. Yeah. And it's it's about being close to the people. It's about, uh, you know, the feeling of, you know, being in this town, in this mountainside town. I usually go in August when everybody is vacationing. You know, they, they close all the factories and oh, a lot right. of people come home and the mountains kind of during the summer, they kind of grow or they expand and it's it's kind of a vacation place. Oh, nice. Yeah, but so, um, you know, it just, it's what I do. And it's, and honestly, you know, I, I travel almost none in Italy. Yeah. So I go every year, but, you know, I've never been past Rome and I've I've gone to some other places, mostly because I think I, I travel for, uh, you know, for relationship, for friendship, yeah. for for people that I'm related to, you yeah. know. And I, I don't just travel because oh, I want to, you know. I still haven't seen Paris, you know. <laughs> I haven't seen. I've seen a little bit of London, but there, n- and there is that right. There is, you know, that whole um, let's take a vacation and go sightseeing and look at you know all the monuments and. Uh, all the where everybody goes, and then there's the other way of like you know going to visit family and going to um, one place and kind of just that's enough for 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 that vacation or that time to be fulfilled. Yeah, I I mean I think that um, you know when you're an immigrant, even though I was born here, you know I'm I'm the son son of two immigrants, and so I don't think people realize how hard it is to leave where you're from, you know, yeah. and, and how hard it was on, you know, my parents to leave where they were from. And, um, you know, at the time, you know, there was like maybe one telephone in the town yeah. and they're writing letters back and forth. I mean, yeah. now you can get in FaceTime yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, you know, and, and in the, seconds. The, these sorts of things. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, they don't know how difficult it is to arrive, you know, and have a, let's see, Amadeo and, am near mm-hmm. we'd probably you'd be like right behind me and in, in, in line with yeah. the, you know but you know when i was a child uh you know grade school and what have you they would get to this name they go mm-hmm. i mean they would choke on it they wouldn't be able to say amadeo yeah, yeah, you know yeah. or, and that's and that's you know fine i just grew i grew up with that sort of thing so you but you know there are other things that differentiate you it's you know it's not just you know the color of your skin or hair or mm-hmm, eyes mm-hmm. it's it's you know it's your it's some of your values and some of the yeah. things you're used to you know and uh, of course as kids you know we all learn you know to integrate and what have you and uh, you know so it's just been uh, having this relationship with Italy you know my parents maintaining their relationship yeah and uh, you know going there and expanding you know it's it's just it's, it's something I value that does feel like um, it gets lost a little bit too so when um, when our parents you know come to this country so I'm still immigrant my kids are first generation immigrants so they were born here but um, I got here when I was like ten years old. But they're still because they're so busy working, they're so busy, you know, racing or trying to make like come through with a promise that they, you know, left their country yeah. in the beginning. Uh, that some of those traditions are kind of lost in translation. You know, some some of those traditions are lost in in the whole busyness of like, okay, we landed in this new territory, new land. Now you know we gotta work our butt off, and yeah. and it seems like. You know, uh, um, there is a uh, Americanized. I don't know if a lot of people understand that part, but 
you know, I feel like my job is to kind of reconnect back to the traditions that my parents and one of my, my parents kind of, they were so busy that they kind of started to leave it behind, you know, and, yeah. and now that I have a little bit more time um, and my mentality is different, then I want to kind of reconnect with those kind of like you're doing now with, you know, going, made a commitment with you going back to Italy and just kind of stay connected with that. Well, when, um, when, like, for example, uh, my, uh, great aunt and uncle, um, they were kind of like my grandparents. Uh, they lived next door to us. We built a house right next door to each other. So that's, oh. you know, very Italian, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, little little lady worked in she had her own Italian market worked in that for 20 years and worked in other things and you know just a kind of self-made woman but people of that generation that were maybe born in the 20s or the 30s and in in lived through the war in the 40s and the 50s yeah they really wanted to integrate they wanted to you know share the customs they didn't leave italy a hundred percent behind okay but you know they wanted to be americans and proud of what they did and, and you, you know so uh you know and you know not a lot of people had you know the means to travel you know yeah. like that yeah, and yeah. uh so you know they had a little bit more means and they went back and forth and they didn't have children so they wanted to bring somebody here and mm -hmm. but i see uh you know there's uh, a curiosity of uh of people that you know like that maybe their parents or grandparents or great-grandparents they have a curiosity to go discover you know where their family's from or part of their family's from and yeah maybe hear heard the stories or connect with relatives and I think Amer a lot of Americans are about that, and a lot of mm -hmm. people have done that. And, you know, when we're kind of a little bit of a, you know, we orphan ourselves here, you know, even though we yeah. s we still, you know, there's an Italian community, and we, you know, we do things together, and there's kind of a, a, a loose society, you know, it's hard to kind of, you know, ret retain those traditions or even understand why you did or do something. I mean, like, we're coming up out, you know, this is, uh, we're coming up onto Easter. This may be, yeah. you know, come out after Easter, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm sure that, you know, like the, the, the place that you were from and that I were, I was from, or my family was from had, you know, Easter was a, a ginormous holiday, yes. you know, yeah. the, maybe there was Christmas and there was Easter, but there was probably a dispute on which was actually even bigger. That's very true. And so the traditions are, are very large here. Easter is not even a holiday. Yeah. You know, you don't have the next day off. You know, you don't have some people may have Friday off just out of tradition. But uh, it, I mean, you have you have little ones. I mean, look at you. Uh, you know, you've inter you've uh, integrated yourself into yeah, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, education yeah. and and work and family and yeah. you know all those things. And uh, you know, your kids are probably very integrated with the schools and the yeah, friends totally. and the and and different different cultures and what have you. And so I mean, it's it's natural to like uh, be like the people that you, yes. you're, you're around. Yeah. And adapt. adapt. So. I mean, we had to adapt. So, uh, Guatemalans, they, they have a, a different accent than Mexicans. Yeah. Um, so when I moved, when we came from Guatemala, we landed in California, but Calif Southern California is pretty much Mexico. I mean, you go to Southern California and it's, you know, sure. Full of Mexicans. I mean, there's other, um, no, we're talking about, you know, nineties, like yeah. early, early nineties. And uh, I was in middle school, and they would make fun of me because it's like talking to somebody from, like, Alabama. 
You know, somebody <laughs> yeah. from the Midwest. I mean, you can tell when you're talking to somebody from Alabama or Mississippi. You can tell right away, yeah. right? Like that they have this very thick or whatever accent. Um, so that's that's kind of how you would differentiate a watermelon from a Mexican. So the kids would make fun of me. This is when we we're in California. Now I would come home and I'm like, man, my the kid, the Mexican kids are making fun of me because I'm speaking, you know, funny or Spanish, I guess, to them or something. Uh, and then so at home, my dad made a rule like, okay, we're gonna adapt to a more of a Mexican kind of Spanish dialect. And yeah, 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 not dialect, but just like the the Spanish is more Mexican. Yeah. So even if you look at like Netflix or whenever you're looking for subtitles, it'll give you like Spanish. Uh, you know, Spanish uh, in from Spain, Spa- Mexican Spanish. Like now, it's starting to break it down because it is is it is a different. Um, so my dad made that rule, like let's let's talk more, you know, um, Mexican kind of Spanish. Uh, and now, you know, twenty some years later, um, a lot of watermelons are like, you don't talk like a watermelon. <laughs> You know, and I'm like, <laughs> I know. I grew up in, you know, part of me growing up was in California. It was just Mexican culture, you yeah. know, so. Uh, the, it, it, there's a Società della Vittoria Italiana. Okay. The Italian Society of Victory. Okay. Um, and uh, it's been, it was originated probably in the early teens. And the people got together and they would, you know, on Sundays, they would play bocce and play cards and eat and picnic and do these sorts of things. And they eventually bought a lodge. And there's this group that that, that does this sort of thing. But the original society was kind of like a, a social insurance sort of thing. Because, okay. you know, yeah. if you lost your job, they would give you money. You know, if you got sick, they would have you. When, when somebody, yeah, these yeah. these sorts of things um you know the uh, the italian society and so it's really a, a separate group of people and a lot of people probably aren't even aware you know of, of the origins of, mm-hmm. of of that and uh we still have a you know and i go i'm still a member and we still have uh, uh we still have scholarships for kids you know okay. five hundred dollars or a thousand and and so they raise the money and do that and then uh there's membership and there's also when people die there's a like an insurance policy, like you get a thousand dollars or whatever uh, for burial, and and anyway, so it was a, you know an, an integrated kind of so social, it's a very, still still very united kind it's, of community. It's right? still I mean, together, yeah. So basically, if you see an, a name with an I on the end, <laughs> <laughs> that is the the northern Italians. Oh, okay. And if you see an A or an O, it's probably the southern. Southern Italian huh. you know, groups. On on our street, there was probably ten families that were all from our area, and in, in all in the same. So it was like it was like a village, you know. And then you see that a little bit of that um, in Marshalltown. Yeah, there is this um, uh, Mexican. Um, there's a lot of Latino population, but there is a town in Mexico that a lot of people are from there. So they call it Marshall Tuato. So like, so if somebody says, uh, you know, I'm from Marshatuato, that means that they're they live in Marshatown, but they came from that same yeah. same town Area. or same region. Um, uh, that happens a lot with immigrants. Like they kind of tell each other, like, "Hey, I'm over here. Move over here." Yeah. Um, and 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 it's 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 the thing that they're, um, you know, the current immigration policy 
you know that they want to implement is they want to tear that system away you know that that has built these communities yeah you know they want to say no you can't bring grandma brother sister cousin you know those sorts of things you know they call it chain migration yeah, 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 you know yeah. but it's been really what's you know built these communities yeah. and and you know i mean like, like i said I, I don't think people i don't think the average american knows what it's like to be completely displaced yeah. I mean, maybe you came with your family mm -hmm. you know and my dad came and moved into family mm -hmm. but the you know emotional trauma and oh the, yeah and the i mean just leaving just knowing that i mean i i don't even want to imagine i mean i i was the kid i was on the other end so i was a kid but i don't i don't even want to imagine how it would feel for me to say okay luca and azul and isabella the best the best solution for us to have a better life is for me to go first me and your mom are gonna go three thousand miles away and we'll come and get you you know like that's how it is uh, that's what my parents did yeah you know in the late 80s they they we we stayed back for two years and literally like a lady down the street was taking care of us my brother's godmother you know and then the, the, the neighborhood would kind of take care of us kind of thing but my brother he was 15 he was taking care of the rest of us so just that thought alone and and i'm very you know attached attached to it that's like i don't even know if i would have the guts to do that you know but but they did and a lot of people do and like millions of people do like they that's the solution that is the everything else is going to be um all the other solutions have been exhausted you know everybody wants to stay in their country but last yeah. resort is that you got to go you know but i mean what if you don't see your mother for five years or ten yeah. years or your grandfather or your your cousin or your brother yeah. or your yes. what have you it's you know this you you're separating yourselves you know for the for, you know and it and you know you come here to uh you know everybody people come here because they they want work you yeah. know they want to work they want yeah. you know opportunity and they want to provide a better opportunity you know, for their kids and uh and, and i mean and this kind of maybe it's a long segue but so you're italian you're you're you know your ancestors are italian um you know they land here in iowa and then you know a generation or two generations later you know their um one of their family members is responsible for creating a you know the the first and probably one of the biggest music festivals in the, in the you know and i think it goes against when people are um say that you know we don't bring anything immigrants don't bring anything to the table we bring a lot of culture you know and then not only that but you know, we bring a lot of business. We bring, um, we spend a lot of money. Uh, we work hard, and we, you know, contribute to the communities that we live in. Well, I think that you know, one thing that uh, a person who's connected to the the, the outside. I'm talking about you, though, by the yeah. way. Not <laughs> yeah, no. One 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 person, you know, that somebody who's connected to the outside. Maybe you know, I had, I have, even though I grew up, you know, grade school. Um, middle school or whatever, high school, college, you know, these sorts of things, you know, I always looked at things a little bit differently than everybody else yeah. because I had, I had a different viewpoint. I mean, and I had, you know, you know, my parents and how they worked and how they did things. And, you know, so it, it, it gives me a, a different outlook to say, you know, in some ways, 
you know, I don't know why, but for some reason, you know, I've like a little bit uh, challenged the conventions of what what's possible here. Right. You know, it really started out with, uh, you know, starting uh, my first bar, The Lift, mm-hmm. uh, starting it smoke-free before they changed the law oh, in okay. 2008. Know you know, but we not only did that, we changed all the conventions of what a bar could be. Mm-hmm. No televisions. Okay. Art on the wall. You know, you really you need, you need to go in there and you need to talk to the person who's next to you. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're not going to be overpowered. Forced to. <laughs> <laughs> forced to. But, um, you know, and then we, we uh, you know, also, you know, s- supporting artists and what have you. And we opened the muse and uh, with the same sort of philosophy as, as arts and, and original works and, you know, art and, um, you know, challenging with the vaudeville muse, uh, challenging what we, you could do with entertainment attracting these people from the outside these bands coming into mm-hmm. play that were up and up and coming yeah. challenging our bands to release music and do stuff on their own and and, and what have you and you know that kind of led to the dmmc and, and you know and, and then you know 8035 but i think a little bit it, it it is it's me looking at things with a different eye yeah that, that says that you know all the, the things you do and the way you do it yeah, maybe it's good and it works, but maybe another way will work better. Or yeah. why not do something different? And you know, just to you know somehow learn, you know, to organize and you know. Do you think that is straight up instinct, or is it guts? Because the more I talk to people that are kind of doing something that is not necessarily right down the middle of what works you know is it it's not accidental right like there's some there's some thought behind it and there's some guts behind it as well Well, to do what's not conventional i think if you look at des moines um in this is probably closing a little bit and uh in in that there were so many good things that you could see happening in other cities and other ideas you know that it was you go you already knew there was the the model, you know, and what, yeah. and, and then you have the feeling you go, I want to be in this area. Yeah. I don't want to be in this area because I want people that think, you know, more openly and, yeah. and what have you. So I think that, that there's a lot of models here. And the good thing is there were the right opportunities. There were the right spaces. Mm-hmm. There were the right, you know, expanding customer base. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, the right people, you know, yeah. the right customers. And, um, you know, I think that that uh, you know, I think that you had a, a, a time when you start a business. You've probably been preparing for this since you were a child. Yeah. You know, and and and, and you were you were learning and taking stuff in, and and, and then what, suddenly you had the the idea mm-hmm. and the drive and the vision and yeah, what yeah. and and uh, you know the next step is to create a sensation. You know, to create something special to to you know, blow up the number of people that like what you're doing, what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, and, yeah, then, yeah. and that's sort of, so that's, that's, that's more difficult, but you know, from a, a standpoint of, um, you know, I, I think that, that, that there's some of that, you know, in everyone, you know, mm-hmm. everybody says, Oh, I'd love to start my own business. Mm-hmm. No, you'd, ra- you'd really rather, you know, collect your salary <laughs> every, every week, Yeah. you know, because you don't know what it's like not making yeah. any money, you yeah, know, yeah. Or, or, or losing money or, or, or doing these sorts of things. But anyway, you know, but it does. I mean, I guess the it does come with some stubbornness, right? Yeah. The stubbornness, being uh, unwilling to, yeah, one to thing, go with the easy way. Sometimes yeah. it feels like. Well, one thing I, I say 
is one thing I say about the businesses is, is you have to hold on with both hands because you're going to get knocked one way and another. You're going to have to change and what have you. But the other thing that you do have is you do have mentors. You do see other people that are doing things. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, the guys that had uh, Harry Mary's and they also had Big Tomato. And they had, you know, these other, those were, those guys were examples to us of, you know, make your own thing, do your own thing. This, but this is what you liked is you go, this is something original. This is something authentic. This is something new. There, there are going to be people that are, are, they're, they're going to be able to do things. You know, they're, they're doers and you know, there's, there's people who carry water and there's people who do everything and it takes, you know, everything to, to to be able to make it work. To make it work. It's, it's. Yeah, yeah. It's, but, so uh, when did when did the um uh eighty thirty five so Des Moines Music mm-hmm. Coalition was first, or what was first? Who who came the first? Yeah, well, uh, there was a guy uh, called Fritz Junker. He grew up in in Iowa, went to school in Ames, mm-hmm. and then he was in Des Moines for a little bit. He went to California and he was kind of, he was a film major, so he was doing some work in film and that sort of thing. Okay, and then he had this idea: I'm going to go back to Des Moines. And they need to model themselves after Austin and, you know, become a, a bigger music community. Okay. So he came here and he knew some people, but he started organizing and having meetings and public meetings and bringing people together. And so I, as, you know, the venue owner or, uh, you know, the Vaudeville Muse uh, was a natural person to, to this was this is the kind of thing that when you look at your your job, you look at music. OK. You go, well, I've got to improve the venue. Oh, I've got to bring better acts in. Oh, I've got to do this. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you have to look at the community and go, how can I invest in the community that create more fans, yeah. to cre- create more musicians and that sort of thing? you you got to work together you yeah. know, with people. So he came here and he kind of lit a fire and got things started. And then I just kind of picked it up from there. This okay. is 2000, 2004, 2005. We formed as an organization. Nonprofit. Okay. Two thousand six, we got we got fifty thousand dollars from the city of Des Moines. Yeah, and we were doing uh, small concerts. We were doing like we'd done like five hundred, six hundred, eight hundred, all local bands and okay. at the Hotel Fort Des Moines. And we were doing little programming and just whatever we could do, whatever we could mix up. And we had a you know priority session, and one of them was start a big festival okay and so we got so the, you started doing the smaller ones first in order yes. to get to so they, so that big festival so already in the agenda from yeah so so i think the thing is is you sometimes you need you need to prove to your communities yeah. <laughs> you need to prove to your stakeholders or that's overused but you need to prove to the people that matter yeah you can do something so if you do small things and, and do a good job at it then they'll give you more faith. You'll, yeah. So, and the city, principal financial group, some of these people we were interacting with, and we were doing these small things, and then we had the big idea. Uh, they got behind us. How, how long did you do the small stuff? A couple years. Okay. You know, from probably 2005 to 2007. And then we got some money in 2007, the fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and we were, we were supposed to use it that year, but we could use it the next year. And we ended up uh, ended up that the guy that was so Fritz leaves in 2006. We have a, a, a Drake graduate for one year, kind of runs the organization. Um, but he we helped he helped us secure the money. But then he left, uh-huh. and I just uh, stepped in and we were, it was a board of directors. And I just said, look, you know what? I'll organize 
I'll help you do board meetings and, and, you know, run the events that we're doing, you know, where this is like second and third years of doing these things. And I'll focus on 8035. Uh, we've got this 50,000. And then we've got the Community Foundation of Greater Des Moines to give us 50,000 plus 50,000 matching funds. Okay. And then the day after, my PR marketing person, Jill Haverkamp, on pitch, on pitch got me on the radio with the Q out of Ames. I don't know okay. if you remember the Q. <laughs> no, no, but no. But anyway, the radio station. And this guy from U.S. Oh, I think I do. Okay, now you mentioned it. Yeah, this guy from U.S. Cellular, uh, Chad Settle heard us talking about the festival, and he was like, you know, I'd like to get U.S. Cellular involved. And that, you know, led to an eight-year relationship with U.S. Cellular as them, as the the manager. But so 50,000, 50,000, 50,000 in matching funds. Sure. Um, And and, and another 50,000, it was, we had $200,000 secured okay to make this festival happen oh. you know but then you know the other thing is to like when you sit down and make a festival you know we wanted to bring acts that weren't stopping here yeah very risky yeah, yeah you know yeah, yeah. If, you, if you can't do it yeah. why you know there's a reason people aren't bringing the acts so we wanted to yeah. book but we wanted to you know challenge and get the bigger the indie acts the, the people that you know they were playing coachella and they're yeah, playing yeah. And, and we did get those acts yeah. and we do get those acts and so um, you know, and, and we wanted don't... we wanted something smart. We wanted a free element, so we have free stages. We yeah. wanted to support local music, so we get them, you know, on the local stages, yeah. and we just wanted it to be smart and fun, and you know, something enviable. Yeah, you know, you don't you don't lead from the back; you lead from the front. Yeah, you know, deciding how do you do something. Who was your first year? Who was your headliner for the first year? Flaming Lips and the Roots. Yeah. So, so I mean, it was a, it was a whirlwind. We were all volunteers. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, when you have um, 20-somethings, and a lot of them, and they're just like, you know, they're working for their first jobs. They're not making a lot of money, but they want more experience. They want to do more. Yeah. They care. You know, it's, it's that energy that I think you always have to harvest. Yeah. You always have to harvest those people that, want to learn and want to do more and want to give and you know because then you get tired (laughs) (laughs) you get tired of it but uh this is the 12th year 12th year yeah it's the 12th year 12th year yeah but i'm not involved right 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 so that was a question (laughs) i wanted to ask you so but like what what led you to to leave then yeah and the reason why i asked that is for two reasons i just want to (laughs) know and then the other one is you know i've been with the festival that we put together yeah um, this is our eighth year. The Morrow? Yeah, the Warren Morrow Latin Music Festival. So um, this year has been the smoothest, but uh, the fifth and sixth and seventh year were really stressful, very heavy, like energy-wise. And you, um, you know, A lot you, of growth. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you know, I know my, my, my uh, reasoning behind why I would, you know, step away at some point, but I guess I'm just... Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, to, to start to start off with, first of all, we have uh, developed a stronger organization mm-hmm. that could absorb what needs to be done. We now have an executive director, mm-hmm. which I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to be the executive. So we have a full-time person that just works on coalition stuff. And then we have a full-time staff person that works in events. So we have two full-time people. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at the span of work, you know, I was doing, you know, like 80, 90% of the budget and these other two full-time people were doing about 10% of the budget. So yeah. they had the capacity 
to and uh, and so we had an executive director that had been here for two years. So first of all, I knew that somebody could take it on, and the board had done things, and we have a great team. And so, the, the but the the main reason I I decided kind of to step away, and I had been I had kind of uh, is I just. It, it was, uh, you know, there's there's a heart project, and and then there's like a work project, yeah. you know. And so, you know, the work I have work, and I and I'm making a living, and it's not through the eighty thirty five, sure, and it's not through the coalition, and I didn't ever want it to be. So I did get you know a salary, I did get some money, uh, yeah, you know, to organize and and do all the work, but you know, it was just t- it was so enormous, yeah, and. You know, it was just enormous, you know, like May is boom, then June is boom, and then July is boom. And then yeah. I, it, it would just, it would destroy me. Yeah. You know, every year we would, it would, you know, and then it would take me two months to recover. You yeah, know, I'd yeah, go yeah. to Italy afterwards and yeah. relax and, you know, <laughs> come down and, you know, but I, I literally, like last year, uh, I didn't sleep in July, I don't think. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because you're just so amped up on taking care of everything you need to do. And, you know, yeah. even after the festival, I mean, I'm talking like three weeks after the festival, I'm not getting a full night's sleep. You know, oh, I, okay. you sleep like two hours. It's like PTSD. You sleep a couple <laughs> hours and all of a sudden you start hearing that it's so going to rain, you know. So people, people would ask me this, like, so when do you, you know, because I, I get excited when I talk about the festival. Yeah. And they're like, so when do you enjoy it? And then I started to figure out that it was the day after. The morning after, <laughs> that's when I'm like, yes, yes, you know, it's done, it's completed. So um, for you, it's probably longer because it's much bigger, it's much bigger scale. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, like th- being part of this organization and being able to lead some of these efforts, meet these people, you know, meet, I've met, you know, a lot of the heads of organization or, or the people that are, you know, money givers or, or what have you and, and work with, you know, all these people. It's been a tremendous experience. And as much as I've given to the organization and given, you know, to, to the festival, you know, it's come back to me too. It's, it's yeah. really kind of like, it's, you know, it's, there's a, a balancing equation, you know, that, uh, because you, you have the reputation, people trust you, you, you know, these sorts of things. Is it is the festival evolving? As far as like talent yeah. wise? I mean last year when was it when Kesha came? Last year. Last year. Yeah. So that was from a fan point of view or from like the outside. Yeah. It was a little bit of a shift from yeah. know, the previous years. Yeah. Um I, yeah. is that evolving? Is that inevitable for 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 something that was so organic, I guess let's use yeah. that word. And so original and with a lot of passion and build itself with that yeah. community that you said, and then go a little um, more pop. Is that is that is that inevitable for a project like that with that size? Um, you know, I think it it depends. You know, we we have had I had a philosophy, and it was to book bands that weren't stopping here. It was to book bands that were going to challenge the imagination yeah. of what's possible with the music. You know, one through eleven. You not all of all of them. You know. And, you know, we did that for 10 years. And I think that the, the repercussions that we wanted was more bands stopping here, you know, better venues, you know, a better scene altogether, you know, better yeah. local scene. And we saw that, you know, it was, uh, I could, we could have gone, at, stopped at year 10 and said, okay, mission accomplished, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, because yeah. these bands are starting to stop here before we book them, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and, and, and 
so many industry people have taken advantage of that too. Yeah, you know? like now you see the Wells Fargo bringing yeah. big names, uh, um, and, and they have a bigger fan base to 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 draw from, and um, you know, and so what what the the change that happened was basically, you know, we had a couple of years that were a little bit rough, you know, financially, which is yeah. going to happen. It's mm-hmm. not always a linear track. And, it, you know, we looked at it and it's just like, you run out of bands to book. To be honest, you know, yeah. after 10 years, we didn't repeat an act. Yeah. You know, and we have, you know, two headliners, you know, two five o'clock slots, yeah. two seven o'clock slots. And, you know, you run out of, um, you, you run out of acts a little bit that are, are, are going to combine and sell enough tickets and yes. do enough financially. So it really makes sense to like, refocus the festival in a way you know and 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 this isn't up to me but uh, you know i did participate in some discussions and and certainly we did discuss this last year and it was like we need to get some bands that are going to sell some tickets yeah you know and then but we still you know want to underlay with very exciting yeah you know acts like you know courtney barnett you know just she is an act that is very exciting Mm -hmm. and and up and coming and and you know that challenges you know, 18 to 25 year olds, you know, and, and, and into, you know, what's good out there and, and what have you. So, um, I think there, there needs to be, you know, more of a commercial element and that's kind of worked its, its way in, you know, this year too, but you know, you still have, there's the two or three or four bands that are really important that are just not playing every event and, and haven't been here and, uh, you know, that are, are well targeted. So, yeah, I think things. It's like a balancing act, right? You got you want to fulfill the two goals, financial ones and the artistic and creative one, and it's kind of hard to marry the two and like come up with a perfect lineup. Well, yeah, and and live, you know, w- w- we, uh, you know, maybe some, maybe smarter people, you know, like I try to book back, you know, I tried to book yeah. the, the Beastie Boys before oh, nice. they, you know, before well, I tried to book. A lot of different you know bands and uh to to pump up those things but there's only s- so much of a level that we could really go at with this this festival and there's yeah. so only so much of a budget you know and, and sure. what have you and um you know but uh look do you think there's more growth than uh, 8035 I, I think that i think i you know i don't know what the the festival organizers want to do with it i mean they could add a day you know that yeah. you know that could be something um you know but when you look at it though and let's let's peel back sure 2008 mm-hmm. this year uh, this time of year uh, april 2008 you know there's a very small 515 alive festival yes but it's happening yeah and it's very small yeah and okay? the east village yeah and the east village still in the like maybe yeah. two blocks maybe yeah. one and a half or yeah something. there's no hinterland yeah no. zero hinterland yeah. so des moines area now has 8035 Hinterland and Five One Five Alive. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that is like three crashing orchestras of music, yeah. you know, happening. So, th- I mean, the growth doesn't have to be eighty thirty five. Gotcha. The growth has to be Des Moines and what's yeah. what's available, and and you know, the electronic fans, it, the, the young kids or the people that go to that that challenges a different group of people. The Hinterland right. people challenges a different group. You know, the the kind of. The city, the urban, you know, we do a little hip hop, we do a little bit of bluegrass, we yeah. do a little bit of every, you know, a little of everything. 
you know, it's 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 they're overlapping, you know, but they're 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 reaching to to different do crowds. Do you think do you think that um there's any more room for any more not just music festivals but just I mean, we have festivals left and right. I mean, once the weather is get get good here, we I I don't complain, you know. There's things to do every weekend. The Italian Heritage Festival, Asian Fest, the Latino Heritage Festival, yeah. the Warren Moreland Music Festival, you know, edit the big ones, 835 Hinterland, 515 Laser. Fest. I mean, is there in the fair like is there yeah. any more room yeah. for like any uh, you know anything else to I like? I think that I think that what there's always room for is uh, is uh, passion and imagination and somebody feeling something's underserved and yeah. could do well. So yeah, I think that there there's room for ideas, there are more niches, you know, smaller things, maybe even bigger things. You know, they're all pass you know, they're all possible. Yeah. You know, but you know, let's tick back the clock 20 30 years yeah. you know this was a town that didn't have these sort of you know weekly festivals and yeah. events and so many people have stepped up because they care yeah. and they understand and and you know they give to that weekend and what have you and so i think i think what's important is is that you know your kids you know, my I don't have any kids, but my nieces and nephews, for example, mm -hmm. the ones that live here, they go. There are fun things to do. Yeah. I love this town. Yeah. I love this town. I love Des Moines. Yeah. You don't hear. You don't hear. There's nothing to do. Oh, it's all. You know, it's like it's it's changed so much. Yeah. And there's plenty of things to do. There, there are things to do. There's lots of things. You know, and there, there's more and more niches growing. We have great dining you know we've got uh you know hopefully that skateboard park will finish you right, know and right, right. the river and you know we, we just need to we need people to start challenge keep challenging the Im imagination of what's possible here right so hinterland mm -hmm. and 8035 um they went so they they started with this is like their fifth year Mm -hmm. Right, but that, that's they're private, though, right? That, yeah, that's, that yeah, one's yeah. More, it's, it's 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 hard. It's, for, which for, one's harder, private or nonprofit? Well, I mean, I think that uh, from a scene, uh, you know, I think they're both risky. So that's you know, Sam Summers and First Fleet Concerts are the people that do Hinterland, and he mm -hmm. he he also is an anchor in Woolies and in um, uh, also Up Down, and he mm -hmm. just opened Ernie's. Okay. And yeah. so, yeah, he does that stuff, you know, on his dime, his risk, and what yeah. have you. But he has so much experience in booking. Yeah. And he's worked with so many of these bands, and he's got knowledge to to do things. The difference is, you know, basically, and he's got great people that are working year-round in the yeah. music industry, you know, working to support all those shows that they do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he can command a little <laughs> yeah, bit you know yeah. he can kind of tell you know he doesn't have to ask yeah, as much as okay. you know so we have to we have a group you know and so we have the strength of of, of our group and they have the strength of their group mm -hmm. but I, both excellent you know organization different but different organizations all together i mean yeah. just to tell you a little bit how we work and this is probably a little bit how your festival works yeah. you know you just take every area and you divvy it up, and so we have. Yeah. But it's volunteers, you yeah, know. So you yeah, have a yeah. volunteer doing uh, admissions. You have a volunteer doing helping organize the bars. You have a yeah. volunteer doing a you know good share of the marketing. You have volunteers, uh, you know, doing almost every area of the, the festival. But they're also gaining experience and right. 
and you know somebody's going to come out of there and it's going to impact them in a in a uh, in a way this is what I was going to ask you so what what do you make of of these festivals in the last couple of years have been playing like Coachella mm -hmm. uh has had latino spanish bands uh in their in their stage have you what do you make of that and then have you guys been paying attention to that or is that something that uh you see it coming like w what do you make of that whole thing well i'm i'm you know like you you talked a little bit about california i'm sure there's a lot of crossover interest you know mm -hmm. that like if you grew up with that sound in your house and yeah. what have you that you can you know easily uh you know adapt to it um you know i, I think that that you know I think you, for example, have like the discerning tastes of the type of, you know, Hispanic acts that mm -hmm. are worth kind of booking and yeah. worth kind of following and that sort of thing. So, somebody like eighty thirty five needs, you know, if we're going to book something like that, I don't think they're afraid. You know, yeah, they just need to do it. You know, work on it in the fall. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And when and, and when they're booking, we booked uh, Panaderos. Panaderos, yeah. Panaderos on. Uh, it's been two or three years ago now. Yeah. But they had They're a good... local, uh, uh, like, salsa, you know, yeah. orchestra band. Yeah. We, we we booked them, you know, and I, I mean, I think it was a tremendous success for them and opened yeah. eyes to other people. Um, I would definitely, you know, look to book some slots like that again. But we, we got to have the understand, you know, who's, we they were a trustable quantity. You know, they have played different things. They've played different venues. You know, so you know, you know what you're getting. Yeah, yeah, and you, yeah, and yeah. you understand. They and like we had um, two years ago, uh, we had that uh, Chicano Chicano Batman, Chicano Batman yeah, too. Yeah. So there, there's another. I think some of that stuff is up and coming. Yeah, and you know, we got on on the front on front foot of that and booked mm -hmm. them. And they, I loved how you what know. What did you book them? Just the, did you like their sound? Well, or? First of all, the agent pushed us the okay. band but secondly we really looked at it closely and we yeah. said you know their type of band that is is fitting into you know a broader base than right you know just a, a, and so you know and they they dressed in suits and they have kind of a uh, you know but they had those those rhythms they have those sounds they have those things that they've put you know together and and you know i was dealing with problems yeah <laughs> during that during that show i yeah. mean but um uh, you know, I still remember there was a huge crowd in yeah. front of that. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, if, if they come back to a Woolies or something like that, they'll do quite well here, yeah. you know. And, and you know, that's another thing about 8035 is, uh, you know, it's like sometimes it has to come here to come here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh -huh. So it came to 8035 and then it boomerangs back. Yeah. You know, and plays Hoyt Sherman and plays yeah. Woolies, you know, and we've had a lot of examples. I've seen uh, that happen with uh, some of the Spanish bands or mixed, you know, Spanish rock bands that I brought from Colorado after we played them. The Latino Heritage Festival brought them and then the Cinco de Mayo Festival over in the Valley Junction brought them. And so um, I see what you're saying about yeah. how it just kind of... But if you wouldn't have, if if they if we don't get exposure, then it's hard to know them. And you know, there's a band. Let's see who. Well, I mean, you know, you know, Weezer just came back. Yeah. And played. Uh, to, it was only. That's right. Yes. It was eight thousand people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but there have been quite a few bands that have come back and and. That's a pretty nice well. size for Weezer, though. 
I yeah, mean, that's good. For a solo, the all you have to do, do is do a cover album. <laughs> <laughs> do a remake of a Toto song, Africa. You Isn't know that what they did? They did. I think they, they, did they, they, I think he, I just heard him sing that. Yeah, here's what happened with Toto. Okay, apparently this is. You know, they're famous for doing covers. They're good at it. They're real technical, okay? okay. And they can do... And so, I guess some girl... Well, I, I mean, in my mind, I heard a girl suggest on Twitter that they do Toto Africa. Okay, yeah. And then they, one weekend, they recorded it, and they released it. And it went, like, to number one on the pop charts. Really? So, it just reignited their career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toto. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Africa. Yeah, Africa. <laughs> <laughs> my kids like Toto, by the way. I bet they do. So, um, so this is your first year kind of hands off. I mean, are you just a fan now? Are you still kind of working with 8035? You kind of helped them out or are you just never officially out? I mean, it's kind of like you're, (laughs) well, no, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I I don't have any responsibility for 8035. It's going to be a weird year then. Uh, But, um, you know, uh, the, Two people in my office. One of them runs marketing, and the other one did all the booking. So okay. <laughs> I was right next to him. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. And we have Jaron Hart, who's the executive director, has uh, basically reassembled the same team, moved people around. So we have, you know, the, the let's say the fifteen people that do a lot of the main mm-hmm. stuff are still doing it. So they've done it before. It's, okay. You know, it's not, it's, not, it's not me. And anyway, are you already so I, feeling I, less stressed yeah, out yeah. than than other years? I don't know. There, there's different stresses in life. <laughs> I mean. You know, I, but uh, but you know, in general, uh, I'm I am available to answer questions and sure. help with problem solving. You yeah. know, I I you know, I told Jaron, I go, you know, if you give me a scenario, I'll tell you how I did it and right. why I did it that right. way, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you one or two ways you can do it differently and what the repercussions are. Was it a hard decision for you to kind of call it? Like say I'm gonna. I mean, it just felt like time. It just felt personally. It felt like time. Like uh, I needed to let it go. Um, in part because I don't know what's next. Yeah. Either because I spent so much time on it and so much effort. And it was it was so personal, you know. But I don't. I don't have a personality. You know, I have a personality that I'm. I'm fine with letting things go. Yeah. Too. You know. Do you I'm get so, a lot of those questions in the last year? Like, why did you leave? Yeah, oh, I get more and more. I mean, people aren't really urgent over it. You know, I think that. Uh, you, you know, we'll, we'll see how this year's event goes. I think it's got a lot of broad appeal. I think yeah. that you know they've got two or three bands that have you know good radio presence, which Is I that, think that, the uh, Portugal man, Portugal the man, and um, Ellie King, mm-hmm. L King. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mr. Wives, they all have, you know, songs that are doing well. But, um, you know, I'm not, you know, nothing lasts forever. Yeah. You know, 8035 isn't going to go on forever. Coachella isn't going to go on forever. Yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. You know, the America is not going to go on forever. You know, it's, I hate to trample no. on this. The sun's <laughs> going to run in, out of energy someday. And or we're just going to get hit by a comet. Yeah. And the, you know, it's just... It's it's his life that things things are going to change and they're involved, you know. And I think the thing is, is you know, when you put things in sincerely, you know, I I told them, you know, seven months before, I told them in December, you know, this is going to be my last year. So mm-hmm. pick your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So we we were we were prepared, but you know, the other thing I think that Jeff I, Bruning said, sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. you, but Jeff Bruning said, um, you know, the owns the Iowa Tap Room and. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. I know Jeff. And yeah, Jeff. Full court press. Yeah, yeah, full court press. So he said something. So he's on my first episode, so yeah. you got to listen to that. Okay. But he said um, something that kind of stuck with me. It's like, a good idea isn't a good idea if it cannot stand in its own feet, if it cannot live without you. Mm. And it wasn't really a good idea. Um, and I'm, I kind of took that away um, and kind of, you know, because sometimes I think about it, I'm like, oh, how long can I do this, you know? Um, and then, yeah, it should be something that if without me can kind of keep on going and, you know, run its course or whatever. So Well, that, that, that's true. I think I, I understand what he's saying, you know, by that. And, uh, you know, because it's not, it's, it's, you know, the idea is the least of the, you know, the idea is the first easiest. It's the, it's the flowers, the pictures. So this, you know, it's just, a, you know, I think that when you when you start businesses like he has and, you know, I've been involved with is, you know, you have to create a sensation, yeah. you know, and if that thing isn't a sensation for whatever reason, you close it. They tried to open a grocery store. It didn't work. Right. They tried to open Sabraco. It, it didn't work. But they did the Royal Mile. They did Hessen House. They mm-hmm. did. You know the uh, Obey shop, Obey Iowa shop, tap room. Iowa tap room, and uh, well, the the High Life Lounge. Right. You know, I think you know, I and there, you know, it, it all started with the idea of uh, you know the Cajun place, mm-hmm. the Buzzard Billies, right, and right. what have you. So they have invented and reinvented, and and they, they they do such a great job and have a great team, and and you know. They did what they wanted to do. They said, you know, they wanted to open eight or ten places, you know, and then and 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 you know, and they did it. And they're they're a tremendous example for people here, you know, to see, yeah. you know. And uh, but what would you like to see next for Des Moines? Like, what anything else that you can think of that you like? Oh, it'd be cool to to. <laughs> I don't, you know, I think my focus is, you know, not that I'm involved. You know, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, when when I think about it, like I like to see the neighborhoods more develop. Okay. Be those the commercial districts, you know, like mm-hmm. Highland Park sure. or, or this area that we're in, or right. you know, and and you know, help people help people improve their properties, right. improve neighborhoods, and right. you know, do 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 those sorts of things. So I think that we need different programs that help. But I think yeah. that part of it is 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 anchoring and investing in these commercial areas that they are you know, is there a good restaurant is there a bakery is there mm-hmm. a you know a good store you're in an area that's that's reviving reviving yeah, yeah. but it's hit hit miss miss mm-hmm. admit, yeah you know, so it's, it's difficult but i think you know create some interesting programs that help people and make an investment you mm-hmm. know uh make make your money work work well you mm-hmm. know um I, you know what i'd like to see i'd like to see a better pothole fixer than just trying to dump some asphalt <laughs> <laughs> onto the street. I mean, yeah. I'm like, something that would just like really fill it and do it right. You can, you can tell me that's not possible. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what I want to see more than anything in, you know, part of why I worked on 8035 and part of why I worked on so many DMMC programming and part of why I own the Vaudeville Muse mm-hmm. Is you know I want to see more bands making a living on music, you know, and selling fifty tickets, a hundred tickets, two hundred tickets, five hundred tickets across the nation. We, yeah, we, our place, this Des Moines is an island for the music industry. There is no music industry here, so yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no real label, there's no real management, there's no real booking. 
Right. You know, there are some people that are kind of doing a little bit of that. But, yeah. But that's the trifecta that gets behind gets behind a band. You know, like somebody picks them up and release a label releases them, and then they bring in a manager to help manage them, and they bring in a booking agent to book them or what have you. If you know, we just I know this. I just I know this. I know that the people, the kids, they're just as smart and just as talented as as, as everywhere else. Yeah, so yeah. so if so we're not producing like something, one band, a couple bands that can be start breakthrough, from, breakthrough from here. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, I just I there's want glimpses here and there. Yeah. Right? There's uh, there's I've seen some bands that are you're like, oh, this one has potential, but there was one in in um. Was Holy White Lama. Damn. Holy yeah. White Hounds. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yes. Them. Yeah. Holy White Hounds. Yeah. They. They've had some. They've. They. They've. They've had some traction. You know. But right. even them, they're struggling. You right. Know? Right. 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 Yeah. It's. I mean, not struggling. Struggling. But I mean, you know, they're giving another go around. They're not yeah. like getting to the place that they probably want to be. You know, they're still in the game. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. So Slipknot would be like the the last big one that kind of broke out of Des Moines. Yeah. And, and then these guys. Are trying and kind yeah. of grinding. Um, yeah, they they I think they signed to um, uh, or they got a good manager and then they signed to a decent label mm -hmm. and had they re-released the album that they made. Oh, so, okay. Uh, th and they got some traction out of it, and, th and that's probably in the last couple of years, you know. Yeah. But yeah, but you know, my my point being, you know, I think that you know, it's just like it's like you know, eleven years of eighty thirty five. You know, I don't care about the bands. I mean, I do and I don't. And some of them I like, some of them I don't. Most of them, you know, whatever. And, you know, you know some personalities or what have you. But yeah. most of the time when you meet that creative force behind that band, there, there's just something there. Right, right, just, right. There's, there's an intangible that you just know. I mean, they're half crazy sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, there's something, you kind of there's something there. They see things and see... We need to recognize the, those sort of things mm -hmm. in, in kids at 13, 14, age. 15, yeah, yeah, yeah. 16, and let them harness themselves, mm -hmm. you know, and become something special. And when you get a bunch of special stuff and then it starts pushing back like and forth. Like forms of and, music. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, yeah. You I, think? I watched a Led Zeppelin thing, and, you know, all those players were coming up in the kind of rock and roll scene of the mm -hmm. 80s, mm -hmm. eight, eight, in the 60s. And they, you know, they were, it was a mix of kind of like different music and stuff that they were doing, you know, but they they had this vision to you know, create this rock and roll. And they rebent the genre and made right. things, and you know, and made, made amazing, but they were just working musician musicians and you know imagine you're a, a bunch of 17 year olds or 16 or 18 year olds right you're just graduating this year mm -hmm. and you've you've recorded a, a, an album or what have you and you're just young and enthusiastic whatever who do you follow yeah for example yeah yeah, yeah. who's your example yeah you there is no example yeah i mean it's yeah there are people that can help you write help you record that are artistic, that have made great music and, and understanding there's a little bit of that. But who do you, you know, to make the moves, to, you know, start selling some, you know, selling you know, some shows and do yeah. some things. And, you know, it's, and we have a fellowship program with the DMMC. And I worked with, I don't know if you heard of Foxholes and, um, and Pink Neighbor. And mm -hmm. we worked for a year and a half. It, you know, it's, we're almost coming on two years, but for a year and a half, we worked together. 
And first we spent a bunch of time kind of reorganizing them a little bit and having them work harder on their social media and their shows and all that. And then we recorded three songs and then we released and we helped them, you know, through a process. You know, I think we have a process that can help sure. potentially step up a lot of people. Um, and so and anyone them, anyone out them, there that it's uh, um, go to like the Des Moines Music Coalition website and then they can find this. Uh, yeah, they're they're in the process of reevaluating what we're going to do with mm-hmm. with that program. Yeah, you know, I made some recommendations, but you know, that's kind of up 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 to them to figure sure. out. But you know, I think that it's fine. I think you're you're there are all kinds of ways that things can can happen. Yeah. You know, I I, I you know I. Um, I mean, talent comes out when there's auditions. I mean, the, just uh um in the Voice or or America's yeah. Got Talent, they've gotten some kids from Iowa. Yeah. That um that make it to the yeah. live shows, you know. So. Yeah, we've had some people. We've had some people do well in those shows. Yeah. You know, and they even kind of work a little bit, but it's just. I don't know. I, I just I just feel like it's you know. Do you know where the mushroom is going to grow? No, no, I don't know either. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, where yeah. the right. I mean, I want to. F- you know, we have in Italy we have porcini mushrooms, uh-huh. which are you know, uh, they're called borealis something mushrooms. But you know, you can kind of know where they come up. But okay. you know, you they're they're know. absolutely the best mushroom oh. any way that you you use it. But you know, you've got an idea of which timber, or which area, what have you, but you, yeah. you just never know when they're going to pop up. I mean, but you need something special. Yeah. And then, and, and then if nobody finds the mushroom, it yeah. just wilts down and yeah, dies, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. So, but, you know, it's, uh, th- that's just an, an aspiration. That's something that I feel like I failed at is I haven't, we haven't, through all our work, we haven't produced acts that are, you know, making a living, you know, mm-hmm. on their own. I'm not going to say yeah. like make it or rich or big sure. or huge, but something, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. just more significant. But w- when it does happen, it's, you know, I, I have a feeling it's going to be a mushroom. Yeah. Again, just that. it's just going to go, it's going to go huge, mm-hmm. you know, and put a focus on Des Moines yeah. as possible. Kind of so. like what happened in Seattle in the early 90s with uh, yeah. But grunge. Seattle, how many good labels do they have? You know, mm-hmm. how many good, he, yeah. they, they have good labels and they, and they came up through there. You know, it's, oh, okay. uh, you, you know, you've, you've got to have, you know, I'm sure they have A&R people, they have mm-hmm. releases and I mean, S- Seattle is like New York City. I mean, uh, it's, you know, S- Seattle's like San Francisco. I mean, it's this huge, it's big... sprawl. Yeah. So it's, but like I said, we're, we're, we're in the middle of the middle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we're not just in the middle. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. we're, you know, there's... <laughs> <laughs> we're like the middle of the middle yeah, so yeah. Yeah. that's kind of what i would tell people um with the music that we're doing with the um warren morrow music yeah. festival it's you know it's we're the minority of the minority because we're doing the alternative music of for latinos yeah um so we're kind of swimming against this, the current already being you know uh a huge current. Yeah, know. I mean, I, I think that, you know, you guys have done a good job with the, the event has grown a lot over the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. It's come up, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, I, I think you just, everybody, you know, people that work in this area just they have to, you know, look at new ideas and, you know, where you can go forward from yeah. there. But, I mean, I could see more collaboration, you know, do some more shows at the Muse, or yeah, yeah, do yeah. do more shows at the you know catch some people that you want, you know, and if you can 
make it work financially, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, Woolies, the Muse, right? Other spaces, other year rounds. We of did things. the we did the festival a couple of years at Woolies. So yeah, like it, you know, those guys have always been very cool. Yeah, and open, you know, the doors have been open for us. We just had to, be, you know, grow into a festival on the fifth year. So that's why we had to kind of go away from making it indoors. But I know that there's um, open-minded people here, and that's why I think that lends to some of the success that that we've been having and hopefully we keep growing so but thank you very much man all right you're you're a great sport i appreciate you coming amadeo good luck with all the zigzags over here i know (laughs) (laughs) all right man well thank you very much again and you can come back anytime all right thanks all right and fuck yourself (laughs) (laughs) so amadeo you know one of the the um community leaders here i mean this guy um i approached him i think like three or four years ago and talked to him about you know the uh, at that point was the warren morrow memorial concert um and we went out to lunch and you know he's always been giving me advice ever since about you know just how to you know what moves to make who to talk to and um so i really appreciate that and you know he's if, if if towards later in the podcast he talks about how um it's not about you know the festival but it's how it affects the Des Moines as a city overall you mm-hmm. know so um for example with the Warren Morrow Latin Music Festival that that we have you know it's in our eighth year and now Cafe Tacuba this like legendary Spanish rock band is coming in I think in August or something mm-hmm. Which that's unheard of for for Des Moines or for that band, right? To come here to Des Moines like six yeah, years ago. Yeah, it's it's very unusual. Right, because people don't go like, oh, okay, Cafe uh, Tacuba. Yeah. What? Yeah. So um, so in a way, I feel like somehow that's like rewarding yeah, to us, b- you know, because, because you're you're seeing the the market that you're targeting, you're mm-hmm. seeing it grow. Right, right, and right. And so right. that's the rewarding part. That right. like that that there's that there are other people that 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 now believe that mm-hmm. Cafeta Cuba may be yeah a, a success here. Or promoters are you know having more so, uh, yeah. riskier. They're like, okay, so this is working. So let's bring these bigger bands. So so um so that's kind of what he's talking about. You know, when you it's not about the event or that specific thing. It's how does it affect the rest of the city uh, overall, which yeah, is how, pretty cool. Yeah, how it influences the, yeah. the city. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, the city's taste for I things. mean, think about it. I remember in 2008, we did the, that um, Que Viva El Rock. Yeah. That's, that's that was a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> that was a waste of time. <laughs> no, but at that time, <laughs> but at that time. No, it was a good lesson. Yeah, it's a good it's lesson, a good lesson uh, about but how stupid we are. You know? <laughs> no, but listen, listen, listen. It's a, it was obviously we learned a lot from it and 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 everything. But that's the beginning of of that kind of mentality of like, okay, if nobody brings Spanish rock, then we're gonna fucking do something, you know. Yeah. And that's the mentality of a lot of people that that he says that there's niches, <laughs> there's there are niches. Not snitches. <laughs> there are niches <laughs> that um and you know that that somebody's gonna come out with some good imagination and and it's pretty much if if you're not if they're underserved somebody's gonna come 
and just you know take the the mm-hmm. the lead role and like create something for it so um, because who doesn't like you know like an outdoor event you know like i you know i think it's a little bit different you know than like what we did is we put together like a indoor event yeah that was like more more of an exclusive thing it was exclusive like it excluded a lot of people right yeah 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 uh that's what i mean by 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 that not that it was like cool and exclusive yeah yeah, yeah. You know, that we excluded like, the we excluded people. a lot of people yeah. because we were like okay well it's gonna be good because i like it right but and now it's be- now we like 11 years later however long that is um now this is becoming something where it's more inclusive like art you yeah, know the, the, yeah. the but it, w- it the point is it also won't the happen noise is growing right it's going to the point where you can actually put together cool things now. Yeah, yeah. And Which, and you know, 10 years ago, 10 years ago 15 like years ago, 20 still, years yeah. ago, when Papa's Planet was mm-hmm. like the hottest. Yeah. <laughs> Papa's Planet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, again, thank you for... Uh, there's people that are following the podcast now. You know, they, they send me messages, and um, I appreciate those. Um so yeah, it's kind of cool, man. I think we, let's just keep doing it. Let's just until we stop having fun. All right. <laughs> you, did you stop having fun? <laughs> okay. Did you? So, when yeah, did I you guess, stop having fun? I, I guess let's let's. Uh, so let's just stop right now. Ten. <laughs> Ten's a good number. We can just stop at ten. It's like okay, we did ten. Ten, yeah, ten yeah. podcasts. Yeah. Remember when we did ten podcasts? Yeah. That was cool. And then we moved on. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm still having fun. I know you're having fun, man. So, um, so thank you everybody for listening. Share it, pass it on to people, and yeah, we'll talk to you soon. We'll see you on episode eleven. Eleven. There will be one. <laughs> dun, dun. That's supposed to be the. Oh, the end. Yeah. Yeah. You're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs>